Good morning, everyone. Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to give a brief content warning. The content of today's episode on physical wellness does focus pretty heavily on body shaming, diet culture, and working out. If any of these topics could be uncomfortable or triggering for you, we want to encourage you to take a step back from today's episode and tune back in in two weeks for our next podcast. That being said, let's get started with the episode. Hi everybody, welcome back to another semester and another podcast with Words of Wellness. I'm Liz. And I'm Tigran. And today we're going to be talking all about physical wellness from a holistic approach. So I think when we talk about physical wellness, um, our minds always automatically go to exercise. So it's important for us to break that thought pattern and that's what we're going to try to do in our podcast today. Yeah, if we incorporate physical wellness activities into our daily life, it'll become habitual and won't feel like a struggle or a chore. Not all of physical wellness is based on just exercising. If it was, I would probably be the most physically unwell person ever. <laughs> um, do we want to just give a little bit of a definition of physical wellness so everybody knows, kind yeah, of for from sure. the same standpoint? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, physical wellness from a wellness approach is promoting proper care of our bodies for optimal health and function. It's finding a balance with, within physical health that doesn't just focus on just working out. Um, this approach is more of a more uh, of a positive mindset in order to create habitual practices that you can consistently work on over time. I love that definition. So what we're going to talk about today are a bunch of different aspects of physical wellness. So we'll go, go over diet, sleep, affirmations, mindfulness, positivity, body shaming, a few resources, and then tips and trick for, tricks for fitness, exercise, and everything in between. Yeah, let's begin. Um, the first uh, topic we're going to go through is diet. Um, diet is usually perceived as this notion of like, oh, I got to eat really, really healthy in order to stay fit. Mm-hmm. But eating enough uh, is the the right way to go about it because food is fuel for your body, but also food that makes you feel good is important because there's so many diets out there oh, yeah. that doesn't they that don't work for specific uh, specific people. Like everyone's completely different, and everyone has a different diet based on their body, their genetics, and so on. Definitely, like you want to get enough nutrients, but you also really want to enjoy the food you're eating. Diets can be gross, and sometimes you just you you can feel like crap if you're not eating the right diet that's suitable for your own body. Um, drinking water is very important too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, definitely. Like if you're hungry or like you have those cravings and you really want to focus on this consistent habit of dieting, drink water and it'll fill you up. That is such a good point. I feel like I constantly like I wake up in the morning, I have my coffee. I go get my lunch and I get a coffee on the side. <laughs> I get my dinner and usually I'll have like a yerba mate, which again, not water. Right. And as college students, like we can just keep doing that. I might need to go like get a glass of water in a few minutes now that I think about no, it. No, I'm just getting thirsty thinking about it too. Apparently you're supposed to drink like a gallon of water a day or some eight cups a day of water, which I find completely ridiculous because sometimes you just can't get the water in, you're too full. Or you just get sick of the taste. Mm -hmm. But 
getting water in consistently is just going to keep you hydrated and it's a huge important factor of physical wellness oh definitely i like whenever i remember to i just have like a starbucks cup one of the 24 ounce ones and i just fill it up with water at the water fountain and then like i literally just hold it in my hand in one hand and like type my notes in the other hand <laughs> like that's the only way i get myself to drink water but it works yeah, no, so most <laughs> definitely yeah keep at it it all about diet is just having a consistent basis to start off with and then you can just improve later on um transitioning into that we're gonna go into body shaming mm-hmm. um liz would you like to start Sure. So I think this does definitely come a little bit off of the diet culture thing. Um, Body shaming, like outwardly, we don't often see people like just straight up bullying each other for their bodies. But implicitly, it is such an issue on our college campus, on social media, whether that's like the um, promotion of like fit teas, dieting, or if it's just like Photoshop, like that picture of Kendall Jenner um, modeling this week that came out. Like, there's so many unrealistic standards out there that are, like, straight-up photoshopped, and they can cause real harm to people, like, if you look at that for too long. It really does put your self-esteem at risk. Like, uh, whatever people post on social media, and you see all this stuff about, like, food or, like, how models are eating and dieting, you might start to conceive yourself as like a bad person for eating a burger late at night but in reality it some the majority of the times it's these are unrealistic standards usually sometimes photoshopped and these are just idolized pictures that are just really hard to to reach as a end goal right and like it's so easy for us to say this like as we sit here like talking to everyone but like when it actually comes down to it and it's you alone in your room like these things can really really affect us and so like we definitely want to be conscious of that when we're talking about this yeah um but i think the negatives of what come from diet culture and restricting and body shaming are so important to consider as well mm-hmm. like if you're actually consistently dieting and restricting it can lower your basal metabolic rate and that means you won't burn as much energy while you're resting as you were before Um, and that obviously like completely just turns the diet on its back and it doesn't work for you Um, like 95% of diets I think the statistic was just result in you regaining that amount of weight again within the year because the way that we do dieting and the way we promote it in our culture is just so backwards yeah no most definitely and like biologically once you create fat cells it gets stored in adipose tissue and adipose tissue can never really go away like you can exercise you can diet but if you don't consistently keep at it it, those fat cells will just keep being filled in like they can be created but not destroyed so that's why like a lot of people will diet for like three months lose like 20 pounds off of like keto and then regain it all after they go uh, back to eating the way they were and it's Mm -hmm. just you're just losing time at that point Right, yo-yo-yo dieting is, I think, what it's, like, termed, and it just, it doesn't work, unfortunately, and a lot of times it can just, once you regain that weight, or if you don't, but, like, you don't feel good after doing it, like, Mm -hmm. um, because it can, it can also, like, give you increased mood swings, like, make you feel so down on yourself, and I feel like the risks and, like, the negatives of it are worth, like, so much more than the positives of it, like, they really just outweigh it. 
and it kind of sucks that this is such like a huge issue in our culture right it really doesn't work for anyone no i agree uh going back to what you said about negativity like negativity has such a huge impact on physical wellness because if you if you're down on yourself if you have a very low self-esteem and you can't really get out to exercise or diet or sleep properly it, it will take a negative effect on your physical wellness physical wellness isn't just being fit it's also being healthy like being free of diseases that could have been prevented such as obesity or diabetes um, another uh, big factor in body shaming is a lot of people feel like BMIs the things that get measured as uh, what it means to be fit or overweight or this is how many pounds you're supposed to be in based on your height is sometimes a complete lie because people come in different shapes and sizes and BMIs are, are a false representative for those people who don't fit the norm. For example, for me, I have like very dense bones. So my BI, BMI uh, shows that like I'm a little bit overweight, but in reality, I'm I'm physically fine and physical well uh, well off. That's such a good point. I feel like the biological standpoint of how physical wellness works. I mean, for me as a nursing major, it's so interesting. And I think like when we're considering, I'm gonna kind of shift gears here a little bit. We've been talking a lot about diet and body shaming. I think sleep as well. Like it has such an impact not only on our mental well-being, obviously, like being awake and al- awake and alert. but it has such an impact on like how healthy we are and our immune function it's crazy right yeah no uh, sleep is so important especially for like if you are really trying to build muscle consistently it has a huge effect on the endocrine system where Mm -hmm. if you don't get proper sleep your muscles start uh, to reproduce less um new muscle cells that are there for muscle repair and it just puts fatigue uh, on your mind to body connection definitely and i think like um as well one thing like i like to think about when i'm considering sleep because i get so tired so ridiculously in college and then i just end up relying on coffee right um a lot of times like that seven to nine hours that everybody says like I try to think of that as the norm, not the goal. Right. When I was a freshman, I was like, oh, if I get seven to nine hours once a week, like, that's fine. That's the goal. Right. Um, And so I would stay up until 2 a.m. doing my homework because I thought I needed to. Whereas, like, this year I've gotten myself into a better pattern. Like, it's doable to sleep from midnight to 8 a.m. if you're an early riser or if you have an early class. And if you're well-rested, you'll be able to do your assignments a lot better than if you force yourself to pull an all-nighter. Which, like, again, it feels like I'm really um, being a little bit hypocritical here, but it is, like, something important to consider. Like, if you do actually get, like, seven hours, even six a night, like, try working yourself up from that, like, all-nighter twice a week for the exams to oh, start just, like, worst. I know. <laughs> I have exams every week this year, um, semester. It's, yeah. It's something else. But, like, midnight to 8 a.m., 1 a.m. to 8 a.m., midnight to 7 a.m. Like, getting to bed at midnight, like, on a weeknight, it's really doable if you actually, like, make it a priority for yourself. Right, no, getting that sleep really is so important because if you feel good physically, then you're gonna do good, too, mentally. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, 
not measuring the amount of sleep can go a long way too with how you feel so just like go to sleep whenever you feel like it but wake up at the time that you need to to wake up at but make sure you don't have an alarm clock so what i mean is that go to go to sleep as early as you can and mm -hmm. then measure yourself especially on the weekends how much you sleep if you sleep eight hours try uh sleeping on a monday at like 10 to wake up at 6 so you don't have to use your alarm clock because whenever i wake up and i don't set an alarm clock sometimes or majority of the times i feel a lot better um within my sleep quality because i feel just so disrupted whenever i have a alarm clock set up oh that is a really interesting point i might have to try that yeah no it i i it's really difficult but once you realize what your sleep patterns are um, it, it just gets so much better. I think also, like, we can use the mental health days we have this semester. Um, since they're, like, right in the middle of the week, it's hard to, like, sleep in on them necessarily. But, like, even during the time that you would normally have class on a mental health day, like, take a nap and study the rest of the day. Right. Um, just because, like, we're given that break for a reason and it's not everything. But, like, it's a little bit of time to catch up on sleep and, like, we can take what we can get in college. No, most definitely. Like, take naps. They're essential. Uh, whenever you mm -hmm. can, take a nap. You'll feel so much better, especially if you're exercising or going to the gym and you're sore. Resting days are very crucial. That's definitely important. I always, like, when I hear the word rest day, I automatically think, like, after the gym, which definitely right. is something that you should be doing because otherwise, like, you're going to lose all the progress you've made. Mm -hmm. But also, like, rest days for yourself. Yeah, on, mentally. Yeah. yeah. I, every once in a while, like, you just need a day where you lay in bed and watch TikToks all day, and, like, your whole life is reset. It's great. Um, or, I don't know, actually being productive with that and, like, taking a day for yourself where you're not doing homework. Like, for me, I always, on Sunday afternoons, like, do all of my dishes, I do all my laundry, and I just clean up my dorm for the next week, and, like, that's my rest day. That's my day where I'm not doing school, where I'm, like, resetting my life. And just having those days, like, for you physically, like, to be in that new headspace, so important. Yeah, no, mentally cleaning your brain out of all the junk that you have to deal with throughout the week with all the assignments and everything is just as important to physical wellness as anything else. Mm -hmm. um, there's also, with resting days, going back to going to the gym or going to exercise there's this notion of we have to work out really really hard to feel the soreness and uh that's not the case sometimes the best way to go to the gym if you ever do is to just go to the gym and do very light things not all the time does it have to be a very very hard workout where you're super sore there's this thing called DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, which is your system for your body to tell you how sore you are. And it usually takes around 72 hours to, uh, for your muscles to rebuild and for your muscles to feel not sore or feel a little bit more stronger. And sleep, dieting, and having rest days is, is crucial for you to not be sore or for this process to go faster. That's super important to think about. I think for me, like, I don't work out too much just because, like, I don't have time for it and it's not, like, 
super high on my priority list. Um, but for me, like, I do a ton of, like, stretching, a little bit of yoga. Um, and it's so important, like, um, to just get up and stretch your muscles, especially while you're sitting at a desk. Um, like, I'm always hunched over my desk for, like, hours on end. Right, me too. <laughs> and so, like, for every 30 minutes of sitting, I like to stretch or stand up for, like, five minutes. Sometimes my roommate and I do this thing where, like, when we've both been hunched over our desk forever, we'll, like, look at each other. <laughs> we just, like, lay on the floor and just, like, That's awesome. stare at the ceiling and kind of, like, stretch out for a good five minutes, and then we get back to work. Um, shout out, Anna. It's kind of <laughs> great, though, like, just to have, like, your floor time or your time to, like, stand up and stretch, like, go down the hall if you're in a dorm to go get a drink of water. Right. Yeah, water is important. It will always be important. Um, uh, what else is important is time management skills. So, like, ha even though sometimes it's really difficult throughout the semester to find days to go to the gym and exercise, but there's other days, not like this day, where it's super snowy and slippery, but other days where you could just walk outside and a 30-minute walk, just mentally cleaning your mind and just breathing in fresh air can do such great things to your physical wellness mm -hmm. breathing is so important for physical wellness and i feel like other than like in my circles of like choir and acting that i used to be involved in it's not talked about too much but like your breathing patterns and your posture while you're breathing is actually so so important mm -hmm. i do like breathing exercises every day which are super great for calming yourself um, but being aware of how you're breathing when you're speaking, how you're sitting with like keeping your shoulders back and breathing from your diaphragm and your stomach, not from your shoulders, actually like matters a lot, especially I'm going on like a complete tangent here, no, you're but okay. um, Go ahead. if you have like back problems, which I very much do, uh, I definitely understand yeah, that one. a lot of times I like end up hunched over and I'm kind of like sitting forward when I'm breathing and I get so uncomfortable and it actually does help like to sit yourself backwards and let your shoulders relax and then like notice where you're breathing from. I just give myself like little check-ins throughout the day and make sure I'm actually breathing from my stomach, right. um, like where my diaphragm is. And you wouldn't think it matters, but like it actually really makes a difference. No, definitely. It really, whenever you're breathing in or like taking a little bit of time for yourself to just you do like a breathing technique that you find online and try it out for yourself i feel like my mind gets so much more clearer and i feel more calm and relaxed like a huge thing with uh physical wellness is like some people who get very stressed out their shoulders get very very tense and mm -hmm. a lot of uh breathing techniques can really resolve that issue definitely i like um I do my breathing, I do um, like hot rice bags that I put on my shoulders, those really help. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing I did is I bought like an adhesive foldable laptop stand. It was on Amazon for $25 and it like folds down so right now my laptop is sitting flat. Right. But if I were to like pull out, uh, I'm pulling it out right now like the podcast can see me. <laughs> um, you guys definitely can't. But I can adjust it and move my laptop to whatever height I want it. And it's helped my back so much because it puts my laptop closer up to eye level um, so I don't have to like hunch over when I'm reading or when I'm typing. And I also like have to consciously lift my wrists up 
to reach um, my keyboard when it's lifted. And that's kind of great in terms of stopping me from like giving myself carpal tunnel. Like I know we all talked about that in like sixth grade computer class. They <laughs> yeah. like, lift your wrists up. No one ever does that. And so this kind of like forces me to do that. And I don't know, I swear so by convenient. my laptop stand. <laughs> I like it, it's so convenient. Um, yeah, no, that's huge. Finding like little ways to get in a little bit of physical wellness every day or just to improve on that throughout your semester is great. Um, for me personally, like I, I don't have time to go to the gym a lot, but mm -hmm. I really want to like get muscle and like lose weight. But sometimes it's great to just have like a light dumbbell in your room okay. to um, whenever you feel like you're grinding out homework and everything take like five minutes and just grab the dumbbell and just do some exercises that you really feel like you'll get all that stress out it, it, it's helped me wonders and over time you kind of do really see results like um, I would just do bicep curls in my room after like three hours of homework for a while last semester and even though I didn't go to the gym I've had some improvement in that area that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, I feel like um, other things you can do in your dorm. Um, I know last semester we offered Zoom yoga, and I think that'll be starting up again this semester. Right. And that's always such a great option. Or YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. I know like the Chloe Ting workout yeah. um, from <laughs> quarantine, but also Mad Fit um, does YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. And they're always like dance workouts. So there's like TikTok dances, there's a One Direction one. Um, and they don't require any equipment. And you can do them for like 15 minutes in your dorm. If you like, for example, today, it's very slippery outside. If you don't want to go to the rec center, don't have time to go to the rec center, uh, don't want to because of COVID, so easy to do in your dorm. No, I definitely understand with that one too. Other resources to like really understand physical wellness would be the Joe Rogan experience podcasts on YouTube um, these have helped me the crazy amount where like he'll bring in like celebrities or really famous people that are really like specialists in their field and he'll uh, have like these two-hour podcasts of like how to like physically get uh, healthy or like certain studies or certain research so if you really want to get into what diet is how important your sleep is what you can do to exercise or figure out breathing techniques I would look into that um, and a huge thing about physical wellness that we are gonna keep reiterating is that if you feel good you're gonna do good mm -hmm. and um, what I found personally on YouTube was this guy named Tom Bailu who just brings these wondrous people over uh, to interview on how they themselves get motivated, how they use affirmation, how they stay on top of their game uh, consistently over time. Those are all interesting ideas. I'm not sure I've actually like seen either of those um but we definitely will put them all in the description for this podcast as well as um, our instagram at mu underscore wellness peers where we have um a little bit of the body shaming and diet culture information we talked about earlier um, any other resources we want to touch on before we leave today i feel like that's pretty much it physical wellness is so vague that 
uh, people, uh, it's not vague, it can be vague, but it, people always have this norm of physical wellness to uh, diet really well, um, exercise really, really hard, and over time you'll improve, but that's not the case for a lot of people. Um, physical wellness does, is not linear. It has a lot of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just important to understand yourself mentally and physically in order for your body and mind and soul to feel great. Absolutely, that was poetic, incredible, oh, thank um, you, go thank off. You. <laughs> yeah, no, everything that Tigran just said, um, physical wellness is so holistic and it's not any one of these things it's not all of these things together it's whatever works for you personally like if you don't want to think about food as part of your physical wellness if that's something that's really difficult for you maybe leave that for now come back to that later if you like me are just terrible at working out that's okay <laughs> like do some stretches in your dorm do whatever like works for you to make you feel the most physically well because like tegan said like how you feel is how physically well you are and so it really is just about what works for you we talked about what works for us and if you need any more ideas again at mu underscore wellness peers on instagram have to plug that <laughs> and most definitely uh, yeah no well thank you for listening in and um stay tuned to more weekly podcasts uh with the podcast team uh at marquette